Hey lovelies, before we get started, I want to remind you that a lovely sale is still going strong and it's gotten even lovelier. You can now get a free gift box with three of my favorite Carmella Cosmetics lipsticks with any order. And the entire site is still 40% off with code LOVELYPPE. And I'll donate 19% of your purchase to get PPE to our frontline healthcare workers. It's a true win-win-win. Get something beautiful for yourself and something critical to the people who need it most right now. And I'll throw in the box valued at $75 as my special treat. Head over to impactfashionnyc.com and use code LOVELYPPE to score some great deals for a great cause. Happy Mother's Day. From Impact Fashion, it's Be Impactful, a show about the women making a difference in their own corners of the world. I'm Rifki Itzkowitz, and on today's show, I talk with my mom about how being an outsider from a young age shaped her approach to the world, how she consciously fostered independence and resilience in her four children, and why she loves being my intern. Kitty Deitch is the most influential woman in my life, and saying her name is weird because to me, she's mommy. We've always been incredibly close, and I joke that we are basically the same person. We like the same clothes, the same movies, the same books, and we've got the same ridiculously obnoxious laugh. There was no real plan going into this, so we just sat and chatted for a bit. Hi, mommy. Oh, hi. I thought you were doing an intro first. Hi, how are you? The intro gets edited later. Oh, okay, fine. Hello, how are you? I guess you'll have to take this part out. I guess you'll have to. We're off to a great start. I think I might leave it in. This is awesome. <laughs> hello, hello. Hi, everyone. So this is super fun. Okay. Um, especially because we talk in schmooze all the time, and now it also gets to be for my work, which is... And I don't know if I should be looking at you or at the computer or at the microphone. No, either this is way. crazy. <laughs> either way. This you, is fun. Okay. Either way, yeah. Let's look, have it. Look wherever you want. So to start off, do you want to tell everyone what you were like as a little kid? I was such a nerd. <laughs> oh, my God. I really was the nerdy goody two-shoes kid oh so pathetic um <laughs> that's not pathetic nerds are cool now nerds are cool now they weren't so cool then let me tell you they were <laughs> not so cool then um i always was sort of afraid to break the rules because i thought i would get into trouble really i was just a goody two-shoes there's really no other way to put it at what point did you realize that you wouldn't get in trouble if you broke all like that not that like the adults in the room did not always realize if you did something oh it took wrong. a really long time <laughs> well into high school Really? Yeah. You would not recognize me. If you went back in time and met me, you would not believe you say this all the time. It's true. You say this all the time and people now say that we are super similar. And we are. I think. But you picked it up way (laughs) faster than I did. I'm you advanced. Absolutely. I believe the term they use is late bloomer. Oh yeah. I'm really late. I'm like like menopause late. I'm really it's Oh, yeah. I was always a late. It always took me a little longer to, to get, you know. To figure to get it out. with the program. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, you figured it out way faster than I did. You also have way more moxie than I ever have or will. I love that you say the word moxie. 
Why is that not a good? Is that not a word it's, today? It's just a very you word, and it's it's is not that... a word that people use now. No. Oh, okay, fine. In case anybody was wondering, yes, I'm old. Yes. <laughs> so Can we talk we about the age thing though? Yeah. Because we make fun of you for being old all the time. Right. The... I'm not really okay. So here's the thing. I'm not really old because I happen to have gotten married super young, and I had my children super young. So I was a young mommy. I'm a young grandma. So in terms of like chronological. I'm really not that old. I'm 52 for anyone who's wondering. But um, in terms of where I am in life. Right, you're a grandma. I'm pretty up there. Right, I we think. should say you're a grandma to six. Right, and the oldest is eight. So I became right. a grandmother at 43, which right. is young. I guess so, it's, yeah. You know, but so on one sense, okay, so my older brother. When he turned 40, he was carrying on like a lunatic. Oh, my God, I'm so old. Oh, my God, what's going to happen? And finally, I said to him, his oldest was a baby then. I don't even know how old Yosef was. But anyway, finally, I said to him, Uri, listen to me very carefully. You have never taken a child to a bus stop in the morning. You have never walked a child to a friend's house. You have never gone to a PTA meeting. You are an infant, and I am sick to death of listening to you carry on. (laughs) So shut up. And he listened to me for a couple of minutes, and then he went, you know, you're right. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. Because at that point, I was a, even though I'm four years younger than him, I was a mother to four, to a teen, to teenagers. So while chronologically, he the was number older, right. is not so large, but in terms of where I'm at. Life-wise. Yeah. Right. Because I and started young. Right. Also, but you're not... Like, you don't care telling people how old you are. We make fun of you for being old, and it's the funniest thing. We called you an old fart all the time. Yeah, I couldn't care less. Some people are super conscious about their age. I don't understand. Do you just not get it? No. Because Bobby's not like that either. Bobby is my mother's mother, my grandmother. Right. Um, No, I I I am, you know, age with age comes, I don't know, maybe wisdom, but I don't know. I just don't care. I know. (laughs) I I just don't care. It's just just not something we're sensitive about. No, because, you know. I'm thrilled with where I am now, and I thank God I have what to show for it. I got plenty to show for it. So, yeah, it's, it's fine. Okay. You know, if people think I look younger than I am. Maybe that helps. But it's, but no, you do, I don't by the care. way. So you, I've been told. Yeah. I mean, I had got your height, which is not really that much. My but apologies. At least I also got your My apologies. <laughs> at least I also got your skin. Yes. Yes. So you grew up in New Haven. No, well, not really. you were born in New I Haven. was born in New Haven. We moved here when I was five years old. So I started first grade in New York. Oh, I thought that you were older. No, 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 no. So um, I, I don't really have memories of New Haven. My memories of growing up are all New York based. Right. And the neighborhood that you grew up in is called Briarwood, which right. is in Queens. So we both currently live in Kew Garden Hills now. Right. I married a local boy, which I highly recommend, by the way. It makes life way easier. Um, and Briarwood is kind of one neighborhood over. There's two Jewish communities here. There's Kew Garden Hills well, and Kew Garden. There's Kew Garden Hills. There's Kew Gardens. There's Forest Hills. There's Hillcrest. Okay, but Forest Hills that's is like kind of in between. No, there's Hillcrest. No, no, no. There's Jamaica Fine. States. There's, there's a bunch. Not, Briarwood is not one of them. Is my point. Of Jewish neighborhoods, Briarwood is sort of in the middle of all of them. If you make a right turn, you're here. A left turn, you're there. Depended where you went. Um, I wouldn't say that it's not a Jewish neighborhood. It is not as large as all of the other neighborhoods, but there has always been a Jewish presence there. Always. Well, I shouldn't say always. Certainly for the 50 years or the 45 years that my family has been here. 
Um, there was there were people there before. I absolutely. mean, I guess so. The shul was there. The shul was there. Right. My father was the rabbi of the young Israel Briarwood for forty five years. Um, so there's always been people here. The, the demographics of the people have changed. Right. It, you know, there used to be Sephard, uh, Ashkenazi families. Um, right. And now it's more Sephardi and Bukharian. But it's always been there. It's just been small. Right. So, so one of the things that um, Ellie, I think, was saying, I think it might have been. Ellie is my brother, everyone. Oh, yeah. I'm one of four. Yeah, I have we a should sister, do that. I have a sister and two brothers. I'm number three. It's girl, boy, girl, boy. And I'm girl number two. Girl number two, child number three. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> so um, I think that Ellie was saying this. I think it might have been that Shabbos when Zayda died, actually. That was. Um, that for all intents and purposes. Do they know about that? What? Um, by the time this airs, yeah, I spoke about this a little bit with, oh, okay. with Sarifka. <laughs> if you haven't listened to the episode that I did with uh, Sarifka Kona of Lynx, um, Zayda, who is my, my mother's, father. right, my mother's father, um, recently passed away. It was the last, it was February 29th. It was the right. last, it was, it was the leap day, which is right. why it will never be forgotten. It wouldn't right. be forgotten anyway, but this makes it easier. I didn't realize it was it was, it was February twenty ninth. Oh, okay. Um, and um, and he died on Shabbos. Correct. Um, so there was we. I mean, this was not a surprise by any stretch. Um, and there was a Shabbos morning where you came and knocked on my door and told me what had happened, and then right. the whole family was just there all right. Shabbos because they didn't um they didn't move him until afterwards, and that Shabbos will forever be in my brain. Was a it was weird and crazy and wonderful and all at like different it was surreal. points. Yeah, it, it was, was really surreal. Yeah. And we so for we so my father had a glioblastoma. It's a brain tumor. So he had been ill for quite some time. So I can't say that this this was not a you know I mean the whole illness was awful. That's a whole nother conversation. But the actual we knew how this was going to end. So. I had asked, and every Shabbos, people had been coming, uh, grandsons and, and me and my siblings, and so we made sure there was people in the house. So I said to my mother, I had a feeling something was going to happen. So I said to my mother, on Friday, maybe the kids shouldn't come. Now, I need to say that when I say kids, I'm talking about ages from 33 until about 18, um, even younger, no, who think, was the youngest. I think the youngest was Shragi. Okay, so yeah. So uh, like 17. 17. I'm not adults. talking about children. Right. I'm not talking, you know, to me, they'll always be the kids, but I am not talking about two-year-olds. Um, and my mother said, no, absolutely, they should be there. You know, they're going to come and we don't know what's going to happen and that's it. And so when he did die on Shabbos morning, um, it turned out to be an incredible thing because the family was all together and we were able to pray and um, I was completely wrong, completely 100% wrong in my initial instinct right so, and i've been saying that the whole time because one thing i truly believe in is if you're wrong say so right that's where i get that from <laughs> um, <laughs> that that is where i get that from. um anyways but what ellie um your brother had been telling right. me was that he's he said he's like for all intents and purposes you didn't grow up in a jewish neighborhood no we did not so what did you did you feel other like did you and your siblings feel like you were inherently different from other people what was that like um, that's a, that's an interesting question. We were definitely other. We were definitely better behaved than the other kids because my mother would have killed us if we were not. Yeah, I believe um, that. So we were definitely the most behaved children around. Um, I knew from a pretty early on that people looked up to us because we were a solid family and we didn't run around. We, you know, we weren't troublemakers. Um, so that I knew. What I, mostly what I got out of it is... That I'm not afraid of 
outsiders. Like I grew up around, I was the outsider. So I have a lot of friends, you know, when they want to talk to people maybe of different nationalities or different whatever, and, and they get all nervous and how can you? And I'm like, what is the big deal? Because they were literally my neighbors. So I always, I always felt what I, I always felt sort of removed because all of my friends lived in a different neighborhood. I was the only one that lived there. So until I was old enough to be able to walk out of the neighborhood on Chavez, Right, because it is a far walk. Yeah, that was a little tough. Yeah, that makes sense. That was a little tough. It was hard for me also to get together with my friends because my parents were working and then arranging and the picking up and the going and and it it just wasn't easy to make that happen. So it was just the, so really we spent a lot of time just the four of us. Right, which is probably part of the reason why the four of you are so close now. Oh, there's a lot of reasons for that. But What do you think they are? Oh, first and foremost, my parents, Bobby and Zayda, without a doubt, because they, family comes first, and it was never, it was just the way the house was. There was no question that we were all, you know, you stuck together, and you got it done together, and if somebody needed something, that was fine. Not that we didn't want to kill each other. Trust me, it was there. I'm shocked that my older brother didn't kill me for all the times I stole his car. Really, truly shocked. I asked him once. Why? I asked him once, years, years later. He had a car, and I always got home from school before he did, so I always took it. And years later, I said to him, why didn't you kill me? And he goes, because mommy told me not to. And he goes, that was the answer. So, um, I don't know. We're just the stuff that family comes first, always has, always will. And the stuff, and when I hear about other families fighting, I'm, I'm like, really? That's worth fighting about? Like, my parents didn't, we weren't putting up with any of that. They were not putting up with that for a minute. Nothing comes between us, and, and it stuck. And I hope I did that for you guys. I think you did. I hope you did. I hope you I did. did. I mean, if That's, <laughs> in, much in the same vein, if you didn't, you would kill us. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I did. Because I, I know without a doubt that I need to pick up a phone Make one phone call to any or all of my siblings, and that whatever I ask for, it's done. It's right. just done. And I would hope that my kids have that same thing, and they know it too. I think right. we do. I think we do. Yeah, I think we do. I mean, we certainly talk to each other all the time. And yeah, we're all super close and yeah, help yeah. each other I think, out. And yeah, I think you do. But it that. was kind of you know, in a way, it was kind of lonely because I didn't, you know, I didn't have a friend down the block. I didn't right. have a friend. Also, like I told you before, my father was the rabbi, so. Our whole family was like sort of removed. My mother was the Rebbitson, you know, the rabbi's wife. So it wasn't like she had friend friends. Right. Because there's always that slight remove. Right. Um, I was shocked. I was truly shocked when I went to my friend's houses and the mothers were calling each other by the first name. Which we do all the time right now. Like I have my friend Rahi and Hanaleya. You know, I have my friends and my kids hear that all the time. I never heard that as a kid. Because it was always the rabbi and the rebbitzin, right? Well, because people did hold them on a on a just on a, a slightly, on a slightly well, yeah. I mean, deservedly so, right? Right. Um, but yeah, it was it was also surreal because I think that with with everything that happened over the last year with Zayda being sick and everything, I was actually talking with Binny. This is one of my cousins, and um, and we were we were we were kind of just this was already towards the end, and we were kind of just reflecting and everything and he's like you know that we're gonna learn so much during that shiva like there's so much that's gonna <laughs> and we did right. and it's also and i think it's just because i mean bobby and zayda both and zayda particularly they're very unassuming right um and it was just and they just kind of were and it took me a long time to figure out that they were kind of a big deal 
Yeah. No, like, and I don't, and I, and I, and I didn't quite totally get it until everything so went down. there's one person who was my age when I was growing up. Her name is Romina Lovely. She lives in Great Neck now. She's about six months older than me. So she was the one girl that was in the neighborhood. And so literally I've known her for 45 years. And she's known my parents for 45 years. And she came up to me after the funeral and said, I had no idea. I didn't know that. I had no idea. She says, I knew your father was nice and a rabbi and he was important and he was distinguished and all of these things, but I had no idea. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that any of us kind of... Oh, no, we don't. I mean, I mean, I mean you didn't. No, I don't know. know. But it took we us a, a little while to figure out. No, we always knew. I want to switch gears for a little bit because okay. one of the things that I still get questions about now and that people um, are still listening to is the interview that I did with Barry on bullying. Okay. Um, Barry's my friend from Nevada. Hi, uh, Barry. Yes. <laughs> so... It's I yeah fun thing going back. You could never keep track of our friends. You okay. still can't keep track of names and never. faces. I get that from you. Never. Also, yeah, I'm terrible we're the same at names. I am terrible at faces. It's really hard at work. God, I hope they're yeah. not listening. Um, <laughs> it's it's very no difficult anyone who you me. actually interact with with work, you know their name. Yes, but I it's very difficult for me to remember names and faces. It's, yes. So and and I will know a name and I will know a face, but I won't necessarily know that they belong to yeah. each other. And yeah. I have the same affliction, and it's awful. Yeah. And we both apologize in the future yeah, if we ever forget your name. It's um, but anyway, but anyways, the interview that I did with her around my experiences with bullying, and a lot of people wanted to hear your because I did talk about the things that you did. Yeah, I actually listened to it. I didn't tell me that you listened to it. I know. Yeah, no, I did listen to it. When did you listen to it? I don't assume, like, pretty soon after I heard about it. How'd you even figure out how to find it? I have no idea. (laughs) I have no idea. I'm so impressed that you found it yourself. Yes, I don't remember all of it, but I definitely remember listening to it. You did not tell me that. I thought I did. You forgot to mention it. That's funny. Um, So a lot of people wanted to know what that was like. For me, because me as a kid going through that and not having friends and, and all that jazz, and you can listen to um, my interview with Barry. I'll put it in the show notes um, if you want the the precursor to it. Um, but what was it that like for you as the mommy? Okay. So first of all, I don't know that I would have categorized it as bullying. I don't know if that word, it's funny because you, you were saying bullying and I was like, oh, okay, here's the thing. Okay. I got to go back a step. My experience in elementary school was pretty terrible. Yeah, yours was probably worse than mine. I had a terrible, um, it was a very difficult class. Um, There was a lot of politics and a lot of nastiness. And I myself had a very difficult going through elementary school. I don't know if I would necessarily call it bullying. It just was. Okay. And so when you guys went through school... But we should note that my older sister also did not so have the... So Charney, who's the oldest, she had a fabulous group of girls. Right. Fabulous. So, so when she was there, I was like, oh my God, maybe things have changed. This is amazing. Maybe things have changed. And then the other two started, Rookie and Rifki, and they also had in their own ways very difficult groups. Right. Because, you know, it's girls, and girls can be a pain in the neck. And it it just is. Children suck sometimes. Yeah. They do. And they can be mean and na- girls can be mean and nasty. Boys will, will punch you and girls will just will just talk will just say things that are just terrible and awful. So um so you two had a had a group that, you know, was very good at that. So for me it was what was the original question? I lost track. <laughs> what yet. was I'm it doing like? It what was it like for for you 
people wanted to hear your perspective on my bullying and what that was like for you knowing that I was having a bad time in school. Oh, okay. So it was terrible in terms of I don't want any any of my kids to be in pain, but it was very much a what can we do to make this better? What can I do to help this situation? Now, I knew that talking to the teachers wouldn't help, and I knew that talking to the principal wouldn't help because, first of all, I'd been through this before, and second of all, that usually makes it worse because then it always gets out to the kids, always. Right. And then you become the idiot who told your mommy, and then your mommy told on us, and then, you are, then you're just done. Right. Then, then you're done. So I made sure that everyone had something that they were good at, I had sure they had something that they enjoyed doing. That's where your gymnastics came in. Oh, the gymnastics. The gymnastics. That was fun. I tried to encourage things outside of school so that school didn't become the be-all and end-all of your life. I also told you constantly, this too shall pass. Yeah, that was a big one. I was like, yeah, this sucks. That was sucks. annoying. I was like, yeah, you're right. It sucks. Right. But you know what? This is going to get better. And it did. Right. It did. it did. It did when I left. Right. And and I know it, it sounds and I know it's awful because I still remember my father telling me, just ignore it. And God, that annoyed me. Don't tell me to ignore it. How can I ignore it? This is terrible. Right. If you ignore it, they will stop. They will not stop. Yes, they will. And of course they didn't. Of course he was right. And then when I told you we went through the same Right. We went through the same thing because if you ignore it, then you right. take away their power. So for me it was trying it was just making sure that you got out of their hole. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. That's pretty much exactly what happened. That was it. I never expected the school to fix it. I never expected... I don't think the school was equipped to fix it. I I never expected anyone to fix it. Right. I don't think it's fixable. I went through it myself. Right. So I don't think it's fixable. I think it's just... It's part human nature. Right. It's part the way other people are raised. I can't raise other people's kids. Right. So if you have, you know, if you have a bitchy kid... It may come from the house. It may not come from the house. But it's I can't fix that kid. Right. Like I can, it's, you can't parent other people's children. Exactly. It's, it's not doable. Exactly. So, now look, if things got physical, that's a different story. I'm not saying under no circumstance. Right. I was never, I, at no point was I in. You were like, never in like, physical right, danger. In physical danger or right. anything like that. You just that. had a group. I just didn't have friends. That's they all. They just weren't a nice, very nice group of girls on, for the most part. They were right. nice girls too. Right. I'm not I, saying. Yeah. The way that I usually describe it to people is that I never had more than one friend a year and it was a different person every year. Like okay. it was very rare that I had one person for a long time. And and I was partially responsible for some you of that. You didn't have a, you were, you were more than partially responsible. You would, right. you have to take, you have to say, you know, that you walk, you walk in the world a certain way and some people like it and some people don't. Right. And if they don't like it, so your attitude is always like, well, tough on you. Your right. attitude was not, well, I'm going to do something a little differently, so therefore I'll fit in. Right. That's never been you. Right. So, and that definitely didn't make things easier. And that didn't make things easier. Right. You could have made things easier. Yeah. If they wanted you to be a certain way, you could have done that. Yeah, you're you right. Could, I would have bought you the clothes. I would have bought you, you know, whatever it was. Whatever it could, whatever it was. Right. You weren't interested in that. So, that's yeah, true. that's part of it is, is, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's it just, just is. It just is. Right. Like, you've always been that way. You're going to do what you're going to do, and if you're not a part of it, too bad. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. But there is a consequence. Right. Yeah, and then we kind of just figured out and and worked through that. The second common question that I get all the time is people want to know how you feel about me having a business. Because what happened was, was that it kind of it evolved. There was a point in time when I was running a seamstress shop right. out of your house um, with people coming in and out 
all the time. And then it kind of just happened that I had this wholesale line and we were um, working through things. And when I, when I came and said, okay, I'm going to be a fashion designer as opposed to being like, I don't know, some normal job, um, which I guess I, I think I know what you're going to say here, but I'm going to let you say it. Um, what okay. What is your, like, how did you feel about that? Oh, great. You be you. I think it was terrific. I have no, you know, I was thrilled that I was able to help. And uh, we should mention know. that my mom is uh, my errand person. I mean, now everything. I'm the should... intern. Yes. Errand person. I'm an intern. I'm an intern. <laughs> I was trying I I didn't want to, to work... say intern. I happen to work around the corner from Rifke's factory. Right. So whenever she needs errands, and I happen to work in the garment district. Right. So whenever anything needs to get done, basically, I've been working at my job now for about two years. So basically, getting my job is the best thing that ever happened to Risky. That's true. Now <laughs> she doesn't have to run into the city all the time to do all of her little errands, and I am more than happy. It is my pleasure I to... I thought errands person was a step up from intern. You'd rather be called the intern? Oh, no. I'd much rather be called an intern. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I get paid in dresses. Trust me, it's a really good deal. <laughs> Trust me. That's true too. Yes. Um, I didn't have a problem with it because I just want if you guys are happy and you, you know, you're doing what you love to do. So, you know, I just hope it would all work out in general. I you had to get a college degree, but Oh god, don't that, get me started. <laughs> that was, you know. My mom forced me to graduate college. No, 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 no. Oh no, back are up. Are we gonna rehash this now? You started. Maybe okay. I started. You um, definitely started. Okay, I'll make it short. The girl won a full scholarship to college, and she thought that I was going to let her walk away from a free college degree. End there. End oh, you can't there. say it like that. You're the one who won the stupid scholarship. It is. I applied for I applied for a scholarship in 12th grade. It's called the Macaulay Honors Program. It's part of CUNY. And, and she got it. And I got it. I got the scholarship. And then in the interim between 12th grade and when I started college, that was when I decided that I wanted to um, start my own business and, and do all of that. And fun fact, I don't require me to have any kind of degree. Um, and Queens College is not an art school, and I was doing most of my schooling in FIT anyways. It was a whole big mess, and she made me finish. And I made her finish because you know, if somebody's handing you a free college degree, you never know where life is going to take you. I never, ever, ever thought life... Oh, I can life, hear people agreeing with you through I the microphone. I never, ever, ever thought life was going to take me where I ended up. Not in a million years. And except for the family part. But as far as work goes, not in a million years did I think I would end up here. I you guess want to we'll talk people? about that yeah. in a minute. And, uh, and you don't look a free degree in the fit. And, you know, you don't throw away a free degree. Fine. There. Stop being, stop being so pragmatic again. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, you want to tell people what you do now? Okay. So what I do now... Is I work for it is called now it's called the Jewish Education Project. Most people probably know it better as the as the BJE, the Board of Jewish Education, uh, the Board of Jewish Education. They rebranded over the past couple of years, so they are now the Jewish Education Project. Um, I work for the school foods division. The government gives out free food if you're part of the national school lunch program, and there is a special section just for uh, kosher food, extra kosher food. So that's me. The food comes to me, and I am the liaison between the government and the warehouse and the schools. So your job is every Jewish mother's dream because you get to make sure that everyone's fed. I get to feed Jewish children every single day. And now even more so with all of this corona stuff and the schools are doing grab-and-go, they're feeding, I'm basically feeding neighborhoods because they can use this food. Schools who are doing the grab-and-go can use this food to help feed. Right. But what about how you got there? Like you, you just said, you never thought that you would end up here. Right. So talk me through it. Okay. So like I said before, I got married super young. I was a mother slightly before my 21st birthday. Um, The only thing I ever really truly wanted to do was stay home and raise my kids. And I did. 
I was home for 12 years. Raised a little brat pack here. <laughs> I had four. I have, uh, thank God, there were four of them. And um, and so I was home for 12 years raising the kids. And then one day, my mother called me up. My brother has a real estate business. My mother called me up and said, we need help in the office. At the time, my youngest, Yehuda, was a year and a half old. I said, did you forget about him? She said, no, bring him along. Now, I understand the genius and the brilliance of this, and it's highly, highly, highly rare. But I, the job was able to grow with me as I had more time. In the beginning, I did bring him with me. And then he went to school. He was in school till one, so I worked half a day. And then he was in school till three, so I worked till three. I was able to make the job work around my life. It was the perfect mommy job. I was able to go to the kids' school things. I could take a day off if someone got sick. Um, as long as the work got done, I didn't have to punch a card or it was not your typical nine to five. And I also have to say, it's not just because my brother is one of the partners. That's the way they run it for everyone. As long as, as long as the work gets done, come and go as you please. It's fabulous. Um, and it was the perfect mommy job. And then I was there for 17 years. Uh, it was 17 years. How old is your husband now? He's 20. He's 21. He's turning 22. And I've been 25. here two years. Yeah, I was yeah. there for 17 years. Um, I was looking for something new. And this job, this the job at the Jewish Education Project also fell into my lap through my niece. And here I am. And this is the perfect job for me now. Because even though it was a huge transition, I got the job when I was 50. I had never commuted into Manhattan every day. I had never been out of the house consistently every day from 9 to 5. I mean, I had put in my work in, in my first job, but it was 10 minutes away from the house. It was a completely different setup. But my kids are grown now. I'm not changing diapers. I don't have to worry about babysitters. I don't have to worry about school schedules. I don't have to worry about summer vacations. None of that, which is why it was the perfect job for now. Right. But I never thought I would end up traveling to the city every day. You never thought you would end up in like a, re it's a real corporate job. Yeah, I never thought I would end up in, you know, out out the door at 8, back home at 6.30, um, that whole thing. Right. Can we talk about you going back to school? Oh, yeah, okay. In the in the interim, <laughs> you um you went back to school and you uh, started a master's in library sciences. Correct. Why? Okay. So I graduated college with an English degree. I didn't know what I was going to do with it, but I love words and writing. That's my thing. I'm not a math girl. Ask me to add. It's a problem. Um, God bless <laughs> God bless calculators. But I'm I'm a word person. I love to read. Um, and I can write, and that's me. So I got an English degree. By the time I finished that English degree, my oldest daughter was already born. So I ended up just staying, so I ended up, I shouldn't say just, I ended up staying home and taking care of my family, uh, which is what I wanted to do in the first place. So when, and like I said, my first job, I literally fell into. So when I was thinking of leaving, um, I thought to myself, if you had your choice to do whatever you wanted, what would it be? And I realized that I wanted to go back to the words and the writing and all of that. So I had my my degree. Did you hear that? I had my degree. Oh, did you hear that? So I went back to school for library. Give it a rest. <laughs> so I went, never, never. I have the paper. I have. So I went back to school because I thought that maybe I would go into uh, archiving or live or become a librarian or something more in that mode. Once I was leaving anyway. So I could pretty much do what I wanted. And then while I was in school, the job I currently have fell into my lap. So it was it no longer became feasible to go to work full time 
and go to school. So I'm about three quarters of the way through the master's. Maybe I'll finish it one day. Maybe not. I don't know. But yeah, I went back to school. I think uh, like 48, something like that. Something like that. We were actually in school at the same time. My last two semesters or was it one semester? I don't remember. I think it was my last two semesters. We overlapped. That's very possible. Yeah, which was fun because then we would pick each other up from class. Yes, that's very possible. Master's degrees are only at night. Um, So I would be at work and then I would, you know, run to school afterwards. See, we happen to live right near Queens College. It's walking distance. So it wasn't, uh, there wasn't any traveling or anything like that. And I enjoyed it. I loved it. I loved being, everyone was making fun of me. I actually enjoy being in a classroom. Remember that nerd part? Here we are. <laughs> Didn't go far. Um, I actually enjoyed it very much. But once I got a full-time job, like I said, you know, out of the house at 8, then back home at 6.30, and then to go run to school and to do the work, something had to give. Um, so it was it, something had to give, and I loved my current job. So I realized that even if I got the degree... I probably wouldn't do anything with it anyway right now. Right, you wouldn't leave right now. Exactly. Like right. I wasn't leaving my current job because I now had a master's degree. So um, so I stopped. I mean, I took a leave of absence, whatever it's called. I still have the, the credits and all that, and which turned out to be the right decision because then daddy got sick. So Right, and then that was... Something had to give. Right. And it was school. Right. He got sick like a year... January 22nd. Right, right. no, I know that. January. <laughs> the dates are all burning January up on January 22nd, 2019. Right, but that was like a year after you left school. That was pretty much. Yeah, I th- you had already not been in school for, yes, for a little yes. while. I didn't drop out because he got sick, but it didn't. something had to give. Right. And I, I had done, actually it wasn't even a year. I took a summer class, an online summer class. I don't remember if it was that summer or the summer before. But I definitely, my last class was a summer online nonsense right. six-week thing. And then it was right. done. I don't remember if that was 2018 or 2019. I think it was 2018, but I'm not sure. I don't, I don't remember. Whatever. Um, you, you called yourself a pragmatic person, which I would definitely agree with, and I think that's where I get it from. You are someone who is particularly good at just going with the flow. Yes. At rolling with the punches. Correct. What is something, is there something that you do to make that easier, or what is something that someone who is not particularly good at going with the flow can do to just take things as they come? I think a lot of it is a personality. Sorry for all of you that don't do this <laughs> as well. I think a lot of it is personality. I I don't know. Maybe it's just, okay, so here's, maybe this is the best way to put it. If you get excited, if something happens and it needs to be fixed and you get all excited about it, you still have the same problem. Only now you have a second problem because you're all worked up about it. So if you don't bother with that middle section and you just work on fixing it, it usually works out okay. Does that make sense? I mean, it, it makes sense. I don't think it's that simple. But yeah, but, it makes sense. See, you're right. It is it is a lot of a personality thing. I think a lot of it is personality. One of your favorite mantras is pick a job, do a job. Pick a job, do a job. Which is exactly. very good. I say this all the time when I get overwhelmed. Right. Is when you have so many things on your on your plate, it's pick a job, pick do a, a job. job. You have 10 things to do, do pick one. Exactly. And that then, helps enormously. Um, I think a lot of it is personality. I've had people, I know, you know, we have relatives who are way more... Um, uptight right and i've had conversations with them and and it's really like a two different planet kind of a thing you know a perfect example so i have some jewelry that i inherited from my mother-in-law oh and so i know this story and it's not good <laughs> this person also happens to have three daughters no sons but three daughters and so she we were at a, a family affair and she was like don't you worry what are you gonna do who's gonna get what and how are you gonna decide and 
and oh my goodness and 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 just she was getting like worked up about it for me about and I was like no I really don't think about it right now they're mine and I enjoy them and when the time comes we'll figure it out then also I will say that this is, is not is that an issue. pragmatic I don't know if it's pragmatic that's not the story <coughs> I thought you were going to tell what'd you think what'd you I thought, thought you were going to talk about you were going to mention the pearls what the ones that were stolen yeah Oh no, that was bad. That was not pragmatic. That was bad. That was, <laughs> that was bad. I don't know why I thought that was where the no. the story's going. How no, long no. have you been married when that happened? Six weeks. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Um the um uh, it's also probably, by the way, not gonna be a problem because me, Charney, and Rahi have such different tastes. I can't because imagine us liking yeah, the same. But there's thing. a sentimental value and we'll, right. we'll figure it out. Like what am I gonna do? Get us get worked up about it now? God willing, I'll be using them for a very long time. And then we'll worry about it. And in the meantime, we'll just raid your closet for stuff. And all exactly. Will be well. Exactly. And, and all will be you good. You can borrow it. The kids want to make us soon. You know, so I'm not saying they'll never, they'll, you know, we'll figure it out. There's very, there's very, very, very few things that get me excited. I think it's a personality. Probably. I think yeah. mostly it's personality. Yeah. That, that I would definitely agree with. I think I would say it takes a lot to get, you tell me, I think it takes a lot to get me really. It, I think that, I think that you're, I do think that it takes a lot to get you excited or upset or anything like that. And I also think that you are, like, it's kind of like how you, some, like, if you know the, I'm trying to figure out the best way to phrase this, but, like, there are, it's not like you're unpredictable. Do you know what I mean? It's like, right. if, if everyone's safe right. and everyone's good and everyone's getting along, then, then for good. the most part, you're good. That is true. Um, I'm the, also not a yeller. I don't know if, I'm not a screamer. No, you're not. The madder I am, the quieter I get. It's eerie. It is When eerie. I'm yelling, it's usually in a jokey way. Come on, pick up your stuff. Right. Come on, let's go. Come right. on, we're like... But if it's important, the madder I am, the quieter I get. Right. The one of... This will forever be burned on my brain. <laughs> the, la the first time that I went to work on concert. Yes. Um, so I was the head of the play um, in my high school. And uh, the high school that I went to was about a half an hour drive away from my house. I went to um, Tag and Far Rockaway. So um, the first, like the, the prep for the play happens all late at night. It happens afterwards. Um, it happens after school pretty much. And I was driving myself back and forth. Right. I had just gotten my license. I had already been in, I think, two fender benders. Um, no, were you? Yeah, I remember, I remember. With, with Shoshana on the side of the Van Wyck in the green that car. That was afterwards. No, that was definitely afterwards. No, I think it was before. Or it was around. because no, then I wouldn't let you drive. drive. I think definitely I, I'm nearly positive that that happened in June, okay. and this was in September. I will check with Shoshana. Okay, could be. Um, I don't know okay. if she'll even remember. Um, do you remember I hit the, the cab coming off the Van Wyck? Yeah, to go oh, that home. part I remember. Yeah, oh, oh, that part. That was bad. That um, I remember. But let's just say my driving skills have improved since then. But if you ask my husband, he might disagree with that. Um, but either way, I came, I, we, I had been at school working and you hadn't told me a time that I needed to leave yet. And we weren't sure what time, how long it would take or whatever. And I ended up coming home. 11.30? Yeah. Somewhere in the 11.30 range. And the way that my parents' house is set up is that when you open the front door, you're looking directly into the kitchen. The kitchen is kind of shaped like a hallway. It's an extension of the hallway. So it's about 1130. I walked through the door. You had called me a couple times. Like, when are you coming home? What's going on? And I was like, we're just finishing up a few things. I did not realize how um, that, like, when are you coming home was translation for get your butt in the car right now. <laughs> um, so there was that. And um, I opened the door and you were standing 
in the kitchen with one hand on each counter because they're on opposite sides. And you just looked me straight in the face and said, I can't do this again. We need to figure out a system. So, right. So my part, so my version of this is we I, I was, I was nervous. I was concerned. Yelling would not help at all because the truth is we hadn't come up with a time. So I realized that I hadn't been clear. Yes, I, yes, we gave her the car, and yes, she could she could go for production and and you know do whatever she needed to do. But I hadn't realized that time would be an issue because I didn't think it would get so. Late. I didn't. I didn't realize it would. Right. Yet. So I wasn't mad at. I wasn't mad because right, you didn't you do just, anything wrong. You were just stressed. I was very stressed. I was very nervous. But you didn't do anything wrong. Right. The th- and then we figured it out. What really flipped me out? Do you remember the time that you took the bus the wrong way and your phone was off? Oh, yeah. You got your nails done? I do remember that. Okay. That was bad. That was bad. Right. Well, I think my phone had died. I thought it was, I thought you had the headphones in and you didn't hear it. Some, okay. It was, so, there was some version, uh, for whatever reason, I Rizky wasn't. went rigid. to get her nails done. She took the bus in the wrong direction, so it took way too long to get home. I, get, I, had, I, I ran, I, there's, um, there's a specific nail thing that I like and I had gotten on the wrong bus, basically. I had been somewhere and Rifki sh- had... Rifki should have been home way, 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 way before me. So I get home. Where's Rifki? She's not home yet. I said, what do you mean she's not home yet? That doesn't make sense. And then I called her, oh, my God, probably a dozen times. At least, yeah. And she didn't pick up. Right. And that was bad. Yeah. Uh, that was bad. Yeah. You came home, I yelled, because yeah. you didn't pick up your phone. Right. I don't remember if it was dead or if I had headphones I, in. What I, I remember headphones. I don't remember exactly what I distinctly remember was... When you came in the door, Yehuda saw you first. And he was like, <laughs> oh, that. are you in trouble? <laughs> Yehuda's my younger brother. He yeah. was like, you are in trouble He's now, like, girl. Exactly. Duh. Yeah, I yelled that night because that was bad. Yeah. I was I was a nervous wreck. And it's so funny because I have new insight. You see, you think that your parents are morons until you get a little bit older and realize they're not so stupid after all. Many, many, many moons ago, I was supposed to meet a friend... At the movie theater. We were seeing The Color Purple. And my friend didn't show up. So I went in to see the movie anyway. This is pre-cell phone. This is pre-cell phone. This is pre-everything. So my friend called the house. What happened was she had gone to the wrong theater. Mm. So it was a misunderstanding. So she went to a payphone. Yes, there were payphones then. And called the house. And asked my mother where I was. She says, what are you talking about? She's supposed to be with you. So for about, Color Purple's not a short movie, people. (laughs) Two and a half hours? Two and a half hours. It was even longer because I didn't call my mother when the movie was over. I just came home. So you're talking a solid two, three hours where she had no idea where I was. And I still remember, like, you have the vision of me and the kitchen. So my vision is walking into the house. Hi, how are you? No. Bobby was in the kitchen. Okay. In her chair. So okay. I saw her back. Right. She sits at the at the front of the table, which is to the back when you walk into the kitchen, um, like a statue. Just, just literally right. like a statue. Hi, how are you? Where have you been? Oh, I was at the movies. Vo recalled. Oh, I know. I, yeah, I don't know what happened. She never showed up. I don't know. I don't know what that was all about. I was talking in a perfectly fine tone because as far as I was concerned, nothing had happened. Right. And my mother, meanwhile, for the last three hours, had no idea where I was and had no way to contact me and was literally paralyzed with fear. 
by that point, right. by the time I came in. So that's my version of this. Of that story. I don't yeah. remember her yelling at me because, again, it was one of these. Yeah. But that was not a fun moment. Yeah. It's seared in my head, just like yeah, you have yours seared, seared so into my to brain. To me, coming back late is more seared in my brain than I had almost forgotten about that one. Oh, yeah. I ended dead. up all the way down Roosevelt Avenue. You ended up all like, the way. You were totally in the other direction. It was yeah. because you didn't pick up your phone. Sorry. That, it was bad. <laughs> it was. Yeah, that was bad. That, yeah, sorry. But, yeah. And, you know, you screw up, you fix it. You move on, you screw up again. <laughs> <laughs> that's how this goes. That, that sounds about right. Yeah. What do you think... You're going to hate this question, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Um... <laughs> What do you think, I would like to think, and I, uh, excuse me for being so presumptuous, mm-hmm. but I think that um, me and my siblings are relatively well-adjusted and particularly independent yes. people. That was, I, yes, very much done on purpose. Right. How? How? Um, why would you think I would hate this question? Because I was going to phrase it differently. Oh, phrase and it differently. No. I'm curious. <laughs> no? <laughs> no. You'll tell me later. You'll tell me. I was um, going to ask you for parenting tips, which I didn't think. Oh, uh, like, no, because that's yeah. too big a... Right. No, this is way better. Thank you. Yeah, no, no, this is better. So why, how, how did I keep you so independent? Yeah. By letting you do things. I think that it's more than just independent, though. I'm going to cut it. I think that we are particularly independent and also particularly resilient. Okay. Um, so go. go. Okay. First of all, I let you screw up. Right. A lot. A lot. <laughs> yes. I let, I wasn't... I, I what does that mean? Was... You let us screw up. People are gonna screw up. Um, no, because if you have the mommy that does all your projects for you, and your mommy who's still sitting with you to do homework when you're in tenth grade, and who's Nobody still does that in tenth grade? Uh, whatever. So I exaggerate. Fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh no, grade, something. Like That's that. not crazy. Right. That's not crazy. I let you guys take on as much responsibility as you were able to at your age, and I didn't expect it to be perfect. Um. Even in stuff like, you know, you've, even in, in stuff in the house. I, I knew if you were cleaning up the kitchen, it wasn't going to be as good as if I cleaned up the kitchen. But you still got to clean up the kitchen. Right. Because you have to get used to doing things like that. So I was able to live with the non-perfections so that you could go on from there. Um, so that was, that was the main thing. I don't know. I just let you, I tried to let you guys be you. And I tried to, uh, I don't know. Not hover? Does that make sense? Well, yeah. There's plenty of hovering, though. Or maybe not. I think that there was that there was hovering. In- so, and I have to say that Bobby did the same thing for us. Right. Because Ellie has told her, you let us be out there in the world. Right. Um, and so I just sort of did the same. You know, you guys took the bus when it was age appropriate. And you took the train when it was age appropriate. Right. And I just tried to keep things age appropriate. But I didn't try to stifle you. In in doing stuff. And I and I didn't try to, you know, you guys knew if if you had problems in school, I would help. I would come, I would I would do homework. Yes, I could write a paper if I needed to. You're quite good papers, actually. You know, whatever needed to be done should be done, but I wasn't like hovering over you. When you needed help, you came to me. Right. Is that is that no, a that's correct right. statement? Yeah, I yeah. think so. And and you were always able to you were always willing to offer the help and you wrote right. plenty of paper for me. Right. Um <laughs> Or, you know, looked it over and, and right. stuff like that. I think that. I did more of the... It's funny because once I told you guys that I would do it, then once that pressure was off, nine times out of ten, you just did it yourself because you knew the outlet. You knew that the out was there. Oh. 
Yeah, I guess so. It wasn't, you know, you have to do this, and and you know, it was it, right. was, it was always much calmer than that. As long as long as you behaved, it was fine. Right. But having said that, I have to also say that the four of you was important because the four of you could do the work, and I didn't need to worry. And what do and, you mean that we could do the work? In other words, you didn't. You were physically. You you had you had the know how to do it, and you had the brain power to do it. I didn't have to worry about. Um, how am I supposed to put this? There were no learning issues. It right. wasn't, you know, and so like in high school when you guys wanted to cut for the day. So what did I tell you? I said, I'm not the one who's going to fail the test. You are. Right. Maybe that's part of it. It was, you know, every once in a while you guys needed mental health days in high school. By the time you're in high school, you know when you can miss a day. Right. So I would tell you, you know what you're missing. If you're going to tell me that you can miss it, this is, a, I'm not, I'm not the one with right. the consequences. You are. Right. So it's up to you. So do what you want to do. Is, I guess that, that's probably yeah. part of it, too. I think so, also. I think it was also just in general that... Well, it was like we were saying before. There were very specific things that would get you really upset. Like, as long as you knew that we were safe and okay, yes. then we had a lot of leeway. So, right. not not a... Not a lot. You had enough. Leeway. Yeah. Enough. Um, that, is, you know, as long right. as things were kind right. of... You had to be that. safe. Right. And, and you had to friend. behave. Right. There's a very strict rule in the Deitch household. It's it's pretty intense, and it's you are not under any circumstances allowed to get, to get kidnapped, kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> at all. Yes, we um, have the no kidnapping rule. It's it's very it's it's solid. It's it's pretty intense. Yes. Um, talk to me about the behaving speech. Okay. So the most important thing the kids did when they left the, the house every day was behave. And so before we went anywhere, I didn't care what grades you got. Grades are nice, but again, there were no real issues here. Grades were fine, but everyone was doing fine. And even if they weren't doing fine, I would have dealt with that too. Um, but the most, but but if I got a phone call from the school that you were acting out, that was a problem because that was unacceptable. Un- not behaving is unacceptable behavior from here. So before we would leave, it would be okay. Don't forget. We have to this, we have to, don't forget, we're not going to yell, we're not going to run, we're not going to this, we're not going to that. Um, this until, was when we were very little. Right, until finally the kids got sick of hearing it, and so we went to shorthand, which is, okay guys, now you got the behaving speech. Okay guys, behaving speech, and then we went on. It's also partly because I am super, super conscious, Did you? this is probably what you thought I was going to talk about in the first place, or probably. maybe not. Um, I understand that we are Orthodox Jews. I understand that we dress like Orthodox Jews. I also understand that when people see us, they don't see only us. They see the entire Orthodox community. And I will not have my children or my family members do anything that will, um, what's the word I'm looking for, that will disparage or make the Orthodox community look bad. That was also a huge impetus for this. So it wasn't just a matter of you better behave in school. It was you better behave everywhere. Right. Because everyone knows that you are an Orthodox person. Um, I will not have my my children be part of the problem. Yeah. That was also a huge part of it. I think it was also that we, there was that, which was that we felt this kind of bigger collective i think that it also had to do with like we are people we are people who behave like even if even if your friends are gonna like be on a subway and right. jumping around or whatever we don't do that like correct. we like deutsches behave that's correct. just what we do and correct and kaufman's and old schools and all the people but right. like we that is correct right. i mean i would hope that that's the goal right 
that and and I think that part of that sense of responsibility of that like we we don't act this way we don't put up with that is um is part of the like independence aspect of it because there was that sense of like this is not like taking responsibility for yourself and how you show up in the could be could be it was also you know if if you were going to school like bedtime i sucked at bedtime oh my god i was so bad at it this is where my awful sleeping patterns come in. I was so bad at bedtime because they figured out real fast that if you were quiet and out of my way, pretty much, you know. I would you just had to avoid her. Just, yeah, really, seriously. If it was quiet in the house, then I was pretty much over there. I really was not very good at the bedtime thing. But, but, if you couldn't get up the next day for school and you had been up till one in the morning, then we have a problem. Right. And then, so as long as you were able to go about your business... You don't really care what time they're Again, we're talking about, you know, we're not talking about a three-year-old. We're talking about, you know, a little bit older, eight, nine, ten, high school, like, you know, by high school, forget it. By high, by high school, forget it was a lost word. By high school, the kids were putting me to sleep. Do you remember when I forgot that school started? Yeah, Rookie had to, Rookie rousted <laughs> you up. We were off by a day. We were off by a day. I thought, it, it was, let's say, Tuesday, and I thought that school started on Wednesday, and my... Tati was sitting Shiva. Yeah, and, and my dad was sitting Shiva for his mother, so when someone sits shiva, particularly if it's a man, there is a minion, a like a prayer service that happens in the house. So our living room is filled with people. There's a bus outside honking, l- just laying it on the horn, <laughs> completely honking like crazy. Yes. My sister comes up into my room and she's like, you are missing the bus. They are waiting for you right now. Get up right yes. now. And you're like, what? There's no school. What are they talking right. about? Like, yeah, there was no, school. There was school. Yes. And, yeah. That and was I fun. was completely out of it because we had just gotten back from Israel to bury my mother-in-law and we were, right. I had way too much going on. And the kid was in high school. You got to know if you don't know what high school is. <laughs> so maybe that has to do with the independence. Maybe that's the perfect example. Maybe. I wasn't on top of you. Right. You have to know when school starts. Right. You have to know. <laughs> I did eventually figure it out. Okay. That did work. This was fun. This was great. Yeah. Are we done already? <laughs> Are we done already? I mean, we could keep going, but it's been about an hour already. Oh, really? Okay. This, this was super fun. Yes, it so, was. So, last question I'm going to ask you, which is what okay. I ask everyone who comes on the show, and that is to you, mommy. I should say Gitty Deitch, I guess, but that's a weird that's to fine. say. Just to mommy. Um, what does it mean to you to make an impact? To take care of my family. So that's a number one. Um, to help out when I can, uh, which I think my job is is way a part of that, because like I said, I get to feed kids all day. And, um, that's really the top two, I have to say. The family and, and health. Okay. Thanks for coming on, Mommy. This was fun. Thank you for having me. We're totally doing this again. <laughs> Thanks for listening. In the show notes this week, you'll find a link to the interview I did on Bling on the Woman of Valor podcast. You'll also find Itty Bitty Impact, a totally free paper doll set that's a great quarantine activity. Reminder that there's a 40% off sale happening right now that helps our healthcare workers get the PPE they need. And while supplies last, every purchase comes with a Carmella Cosmetics gift box. That link is also in the show notes. Access all of that by swiping up on the cover art. To hear more episodes, subscribe or head over to impactfashionnyc.com slash blogs slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and want to help more people hear it, leave a review or a quick rating. It will make my mom's day, I promise. The episode art was designed by Michelle Moses. Original music composed by Nissan Fetman. This episode was produced and hosted by me, Rifki at Squids. Catch me on Instagram and Facebook at impact.fashion.nyc. As always, here's to making impact together.